So who talks first? You talk first? I talk first. At last we will reveal ourselves to the Jedi. At last we will have revenge. Always two there are. Good. Twice the pride, double the four. You are the chosen one! Didn't see you there. Welcome back to Roll On Gaming. This is a very special episode, a very exciting wrap-up episode of our time at Gen Con. Before we do that, I'd like to introduce my co-host, my brother Corwin. How are you today, Corwin? I'm doing great, man, but I'm betting I'm not as good as you after the weekend you had. Yeah, uh, let's just say it was a weekend. Uh, we're going to talk all about it. We've There's story time after story time that we're going to have. Um, because Gen Con is come and gone, uh, which is a nice little rhyme there. Uh, but, uh, it was, uh, it was a trip. It was a trip in every sense of the word. Uh, and so before I get into it, I just want to give you the floor and sort of get your impressions as an outsider of Gen Con and of just the sheer deluge of information we got for Star Wars Unlimited, because this was one of the main focuses, uh, of Fantasy Flight Games presentation at Gen Con, and I got the outside vision of it as well as the inside vision of it because I didn't make it there until Sunday. But what were your overall thoughts about the presentation and all of the stuff we learned about Unlimited uh, during these four days? Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of overwhelming. There was just so much being thrown at us, but in a good way. I think it's just a lot of positive takeaways. I personally was really stoked to finally see some gameplay and get a chance to to witness kind of how the game works. And um, for as long as that demo game between the designers took, I think it was uh, it was really good to see kind of the back and forth and, and how things are going to function. So um, I just think, you know, I, I was definitely uh, uh, experiencing some FOMO this weekend for sure. Um, but I, at the same time, I thought the presentation elements were really, really strong. The graphics that they had on the broadcast were really, really good. Yeah. Um, definitely something that I wasn't expecting, but hopefully we we see more of that down the line. So I just was really impressed overall with everything that was put out. And obviously we have so many new cards and and interactions and all these things to discuss. So I, there's a plenty of takeaways from the weekend, and I can't even imagine what it was like to have actually like been in the seat playing. Yeah, and, and, and I'll get to that, but I think takeaway is the right word because takeaway number one for me, um, just as as an overall pers uh, perspective, was that they're committed to the game, right? I mean, they have poured so many resources into Star Wars Unlimited from the amount of people working on the game to the amount of attention it got as a whole during Gen Con weekend uh, to the products from Game Genic, their sister... Uh, yeah, those were really impressive. Blew, yeah. blew us all away, right? Blew us all away. And these are products they're created specifically for Star Wars Unlimited to the point where, you know, the aspects are printed on the deck boxes and uh, all the interiors uh, were designed with the game in mind and have Star Wars Unlimited uh, embroidered on them. I mean, they're committed from a game perspective. They're also committed from a community perspective. All In the discussions that I had, which we'll get to, um, all I heard was an interest in engaging the community, responding to the community, and being aware of the community, which is something that is, quite frankly, something we didn't have before. Um, and I think that that shows that they're taking this seriously, not only from a development perspective, but from a 
uh, from a perceptive of their players as well. And and you and I both know that's not something you get every day. Well, yeah, and, and I would certainly hope that that would be more of the approach this time around, taking the learnings from some of the previous you know Star Wars games that have been released. So certainly Destiny, the one that we're most familiar with, but also the one that I think was really hungering for that support and that community engagement at a level that we just didn't really have. So we're, it seems like we're off to a good start here with Unlimited and, and uh, they're putting their best foot forward here at the outset. Agreed. And the third and final takeaway that I have is the promos are sweet. Okay. Ah, look at you. These are absolutely beautiful. Uh, the full art uh, promos uh, that were given out at the Star Wars Unlimited uh, demo tables are awesome. Uh, they're so awesome that we will be hosting a giveaway on this channel, and you can win this very set of promos uh, for Star Wars Unlimited. Uh, whether you got the chance to go to Gen Con or not, hopefully you're we're allowing some people that didn't get a chance to go to get their hands on these because they are awesome. Uh, so stick around for some, some news on that giveaway uh, in the coming weeks uh, as we figure out the best way to do it. Um, but let's talk about it. Let's talk about Gen Con. Uh, it's story time, man. I, 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 if you you mentioned FOMO. FOMO was the very center of my plans for this weekend because I, I wanted to get my hands on this game. I didn't want to miss it. This was the first chance we had at playing Star Wars Unlimited, getting cards in our hands, getting you know a chance to you know rub elbows with the people who made this game and who made this possible. And so I had to go. But look, my schedule didn't really allow it you know i work nights i work weekends i mean this is this is my livelihoods you so the only time where it made sense for me to go was sunday and gen con on sunday is a lot easier to get into there's a lot less people the badges are cheaper so how do i get there well uh initially i was just gonna fly to indianapolis on saturday afternoon get there get to the convention uh and then go to the convention on sunday morning you know, have some time to just decompress from my flight. Things didn't end up working out that way in the sense that uh, my wife was having a somewhat family reunion in Chicago that weekend. And so the wheels began to spin a little bit. And I thought, okay, why can't we do both? So my weekend consisted of flying to Chicago on Friday, which my wife had no idea about, by the way, uh, surprising her in her hotel room, going to the family reunion on Saturday, only to leave the family reunion and drive four hours from Chicago to Indianapolis, by the way, in the pouring rain, uh, which mm. I don't know if you've looked at the California weather lately, there's been no rain in sight. So I haven't seen rain in months. Uh, made it to Indianapolis only to find out that the hotel I had booked two months ago uh, had been uh, overbooked and uh, they didn't have a room for me. Uh, so I got to be moved to another hotel uh, just in time to get a few hours of sleep before I woke up and went to the convention. So if that doesn't tell you that I was suffering from FOMO, just how it was. A lot of FOMO. <laughs> that sounds like quite the adventure, but also uh, you know somewhat self-imposed, I guess. This is changing true. up your plans, but you know, but you're being a very good husband, so let, no one can knock you for that. You gotta earn. You gotta earn the spouse points every once in a while, and you know yes. what? I I I. I figured it was my it was my payment for for allowing myself to go to Gen Con. Let's also spread some love, and uh, and you know give some attention to 
the other side of the family there. So, but once I got there, look, I am going to sound like uh, a fantasy flight shill as I'm talking here, but I cannot be more impressed with how fantasy flight was handling the star Wars unlimited event as a whole. I mean, as soon as I got there, uh, I met with the community community engagement specialist, Xander Taylor. Um, and he immediately started introducing me to the rest of the team. I got to meet Josh right away. I got to meet Jim Cartwright right away. Um, he brought over Jeremy Zwern at one point. I'll, I'll get to that. Um, and then, you know, the whole team that was there was readily accessible, at, you know, at, at a moment's notice. And I, and Xander knew what, that I was only there for a day because he'd paid attention to the podcast, which mind blowing, um, and said, okay, we'll set you up and, you know, you can go over here to this corner where we'll just, we'll just feed you people to play the game with you. And, you know, for the, for the five demos that you have scheduled, you're going to have someone to play every time. And three of those times, they're going to be FFG employees that you get to talk to and you get to play the game with at the same time. And I'm, and it was mind-boggling, and I had the best time um, just getting to immerse myself not only in Star Wars Unlimited, and by the way, the game is awesome. Like, we're going to talk about that in a second, but because uh, the game's awesome. But not only to immerse myself in playing the game, but also in learning about how the game came to be and the philosophies for the game from the people that I talked to. And those interviews are going to be coming out uh, in future videos on the Roll On Gaming channel. So make sure to stay tuned for that. Make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't lose out on, on seeing all that great content. Uh, I, I want to spend some time and give it some TLC because I was definitely one man banding it when I was at Gen Con. Um, but that's going to be some content that you don't want to miss. So stick around for that. Uh, in the coming weeks. But aside from all that, and I don't want to give too much away because uh, those interviews will speak for themselves and they're great. Uh, but the the gameplay, man, these are 30 card decks. They're limited demo decks designed specifically to for teaching and to show what the game can do. And it really delivered. I mean, this is a game, and I, and I don't know how you, how you found it from the demo. I know it was a lot slower and and more thought out in the de in the demo with Jeremy and, and Aaron. Um, but it really didn't feel like a demo game. It felt like, okay, I need to be on my toes here because there are sequencing decisions and there are timing decisions and there's math to be done that you won't you don't normally get out of a out of a demo game in an, in another in another IP or or in, in another um just another game in general. I mean, this this game felt like a real game, and I don't know if that came across in the demos or not. Yeah, I definitely think it did. I I wonder if some of it is just because it's new and kind of uncharted territory. Maybe there was a little bit more of uh, you know, kind of a, a a foreign element to it there, or if it really is like as thinky of a game as kind of you're you're describing i think um, we'll all be able to to make that determination for ourselves hopefully soon enough but um it definitely seemed like yeah i mean there's there are a lot of decision points a lot of uh of sequencing opportunities and you know different ways to 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 spur interactions between the sides and i think all of that just makes for a really compelling game and 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 gameplay 
but again, it's just gonna, it feels a lot different watching it versus actually sitting there playing it. So I don't, yeah. I don't know, you know, I, I'd be curious of course, to hear what you have to say, but it certainly feels like, um, there's, there's the, the complexity is, is there. I'll put it, sure. I'll put it this way. And you and I have the frame of reference of destiny that we can sort of build on mm -hmm. in destiny at its sort of core, the sequencing decisions were pretty simple, you know, play card that you need to attack like an upgrade or support roll your character into the pool do stuff with your dice have enough left over to control and then try to claim the battlefield i mean that was sort of the cadence with destiny you know things got a little more complicated when supports became a thing and then mill obviously you know but at its heart Destiny's sequencing was pretty formulaic. That's not the case with Unlimited. You know, you have to decide, you know, when you're going to attack and when you're going to play units because your units are your, are the way that you forward your win condition. You know, it's not, it's, there's not as much interplay with events. You know, there's no such thing as supports, right? So, you know, it's either you're playing units to, attack your opponent's base or you're playing units to defend your own base, you know, and, and how do you make sure you maximize the most out of those units? Do you play them early? If they're a Sentinel, you probably do to make sure you're protecting your base. Do you play them late to make sure that they don't just get obliterated as soon as they hit the table? When do you bring out your leader? Do you bring them out at the beginning of the, of the round? Probably not because then your opponent has all their resources ready to deal with whatever it is you're going to do. Uh, if you bring them out at the end of the round, maybe you, you're missing out on the opportunity to do something like uh, use Admiral Mahdi uh, if Mahdi gets wiped from the board because you played him early. Or, you know, uh, if specifically with like with Vader, you know, you can't use you can't use the uh, leader ability to get rid of a super laser technician uh, if he's flipped. Uh, you can do it. You can do the, the on attack, but now you're you're doing overkill to your super laser technician. How you know? How do you decide when to you to use your cards that are big versus when to use your cards that are small? I mean, that all of these things I had to sit there and think out while sitting across most of the time from an FFG employee. So it's very daunting, uh, and, and it was a lot for my poor little brain to process. But um, I loved it because that goes to show when we have the full card pool, those needs for decision making and sequencing. And thinking through your your scenarios and trying to stay one or two steps ahead of your opponent, those are all still going to be there, uh, and it's only going to be amplified. So either I need to just get good, or I need to get smart. One of the two, uh, because otherwise, you know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna fall into some sequencing traps, and, and we don't want that. Well, let's you know cut yourself a little bit of slack. This is your first time playing the game. Um, but, but no, I mean, that, that's obviously good to hear, you know, and, and I think maybe a little unfair to destiny. Cause I, I, I'm not sure I found the sequencing in that game to be as, as straightforward as you suggest. Well, you're also, but you're at also the same a better time, player than I am. So, you know, it's, well, let's, let's, let's cool it on the comparisons well, there. Do, I, I think, uh, <laughs> one of us is a prime champion. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, when you, when you play decks that are busted, it's, 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 uh, definitely helps. Fair but, point. Look, I just think, um, you know, for me, what I was really looking to see there was I wanted to see what the back and forth looked like because it's still a, a you take an action, I take an action 
type of situation. And so what are the interactions that that opens up between these different units and characters and, um, and different things you're trying to do with your resources? And I, I just think, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of, of really compelling stuff there. And it feels like the pilot is going to matter a lot when it comes to the game and how it's played at a high level. So, and it also, it also means that, um, you know, there's enough that that's, that's the thing is that you could see all of that from like, if I had my competitive player lens on, Mm -hmm. like I could see all of that. But then when I took a step back and just kind of tried to appreciate the game as a whole for what it was, the simplicity of it really does come through as well. And so I just find that to be, really really one of the the strongest takeaways i had from watching the gameplay and what i think will ultimately be one of the strongest facets of the game in general is that it can appeal to multiple audiences it can appeal to multiple player skill levels in a way that um it's going to make people just want to keep coming back to the table yeah I, i think i think it's very teachable uh despite the despite the sequencing the game itself is is very player friendly it's uh, straightforward. It is. You know? It is. Our resources down, play cards with those resources. It is. The the text is very easy to read and understand. Like it I think it's great. And the art looks amazing on the table. It looks incredible. Yeah. Oh yeah, I bet. So I'm loving that. Um my first game of the day, I got to play against Aaron Halton, one of the designers of Star Wars Unlimited. Uh so we got to we got to discuss game design and his philosophy is on on Star Wars Unlimited and and the challenges that he faced and all that stuff. So that's gonna be that's gonna be a video that's gonna come out. Uh, that was a blast. My third game of the day was against Xander, uh, and he we had an awesome conversation about really this new direction that Fantasy Flight Games is taking. You know, just completely immersing themselves into the community and and you know taking feedback and listening to content and you know going out of their way really they went out of their way for a lot of us it wasn't just me you know there were there were a ton of content creators that got a chance to interview people on the design team um, who got to you know see the inner workings um, who got to participate in their live streams even and you know this is something that i would i'm not going to say is unheard of I, I think at their heart ffgs always cared about their community but it like this is again, I, I I have to say it, it's above and beyond what I could have expected from this. Uh, so we talked about you know his desire to keep continue to reach the community um, in ways that hadn't been done before, uh, as well as his his spoiler strategies, uh, which I enjoyed talking to him about. Uh, and then right after that, we got to talk to Josh uh, about OP, uh, and you know, and that was a shorter conversation because he beat the brakes off of me, uh, but. I mean, that was something that that's something that people are very interested in. Uh, and so that'll be another video. So, you know, we'll have three videos coming out. And I, I didn't even get a chance to do a video for the fourth, the, the fifth and final game of my day because Jeremy Zwern walks over and says, hey, you want to play a game? Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> I very much do. And I was sort of in, in awe of the situation so much so that I didn't pull out any of my recording equipment because I thought I was done for the day. Uh, and and I got a chance to 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 play against one of the the wizards of fantasy flight himself, and 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 after the game was over, got to talk to him about you know about 
things that I'm super interested in when it comes to this game, like why they're why they're uh, um, promoting playing with theme, you know, and you know, and tribal things and things like that, you know, and and how difficult it is to to balance cards, and and, I, and man, I'm I'm still just blown away by the experience. I'm blown away by the fact that I beat Jeremy. He said he was going to have his revenge one day, which I was like, please, anytime you can happy to happy to to entertain you uh you taking your revenge out on me because it means i get to i get to play with with him again and and i would love to you know get the chance to play with any of them again. i got to meet danny uh danny schaefer uh one of the other uh head designers of unlimited and uh he was awesome too he was sitting next to me while i was playing with jeremy and he was playing with somebody else and giving another interview so again it just it was everybody was just all in on the on the concept of community and building the game within the player base and i just i was so uh i had such a positive vibe coming from that that i i, I walked away from gen con uh more excited than i've ever been for this game and i think that that uh, my experience is not um an isolated one let's say that that's awesome man i'm i'm very happy to hear it and obviously thrilled for you that you got to to have that experience. But I do have a very important question to ask you. I'm ready. I'm ready. Did you play Heroes? Yes. Yes. So I did. Uh I played I played one game as Luke. Uh I played uh... I played the other four games. Did I played four games as Vader? I did. I played four games as Vader, which is wild. And I played um the one game i played as luke i did win which is wild uh and then i went three and one with vader um well there you go yeah so ah they got they got you to put heroes on the table well i, I had to do i had to do, both. had to do it i had to do both i mean that that's there you know i wanted to get a feel <laughs> for luke i had to play r2 you know in honor of you for not being there yes um yes so r2 hit the table which was great Love to see it. Uh, yeah, we uh, I got a beep boop in there, which was awesome. So beep boop. Yeah. So and and look, the the decks I think were really well optimized uh, for demos, which was great. And within those decks, we did get to see some new cards that we hadn't seen before. It wasn't the thirty card deck was not just made up of things we had seen before Gen Con weekend. So uh, some good stuff in there. Let's let's turn this over to you. I think I've talked enough for at least a minute or two here. <laughs> what would you say of all the spoilers that you saw in the demo decks? What would you say is your favorite? Yeah, uh, there's there's some some choices for sure. We saw some good stuff, um, but I think if I'm choosing one, it's it's got to be Unit Chewy. Unit Chewy, uh, it's it I you know it's a hard choice because um, you know we saw the ATST, which was awesome, uh, especially for me. Yep. Uh, I really like the snow speeder. I think the snow speeder has a lot of great mechanics with ambush and then the ability to exhaust a vehicle unit when it hits uh, when it attacks. Um, but this Chewy card is really cool. So five cost unit, double aspect, cunning, and and heroism, uh, underworld uh, trait as well as the Wookiee trait with for a three six body uh, has Sentinel. But I think the best part about this Chewy. Is because he has Sentinel, the the ability that it has pairs so well with it, which is when this unit is attacked, ready him. And I mean that is that is 
a lot of spice for a demo deck. Yeah, and uh, something that I'm going to be very interested in potentially doing here with playing heroes, because I mean, because he's a sentinel, you 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 got to go for him first anyway. So now you're kind of forcing that second part of the ability, which is to to ready every time. Now, obviously, you know you'll have to, to try to get him to attack or or exhaust early, so you can take advantage of that ability. But um, I, yeah, I just I think that this this card is awesome, and mainly because like <laughs> you know thinking about the Chewbacca cards from Destiny, it's like they were they were not necessarily the strongest, and Chewie's like a fan favorite, right? So yeah. At least if you're on the hero side. So like to see a Chewbacca that's actually that actually looks really, really good in comparison to what else we've seen, I, I'm very excited about this card. Yeah, I think I think this is if you can get this out when you have your five resources at the at a time where there might still be a lot of smaller units on the field in the ground arena. Um if you draw this late game, it's not gonna be as as impactful because you might not even get the ready. Um, you might be in a scenario where there's a lot of high power units on the on the field, um, some of which we'll talk about here momentarily. But uh, I think this, if you get it at five, you have the you have the ability to potentially ready once, twice, even three times, uh, especially if you're putting a shield on with Luke or whoever. Um, shielding up this Chewbacca feels really, really strong because of that ready. Absolutely, yeah. So I think, you know, going back to the sequencing discussion, it's going to be like timing of play is going to be very important with this card just to make sure you can really maximize that value. Absolutely. But coincidentally, this is not the only Chewbacca we saw at Gen Con weekend. Yeah, we got a leader too, didn't we? We did. We got the Chewbacca Vigilance Leader. Now, this was obviously not in the demo decks, but still something that was really, really cool to see uh, that they were dropping... Uh, non-demo cards uh, throughout the weekend. Uh, so this Chewbacca, uh, again, double aspect, uh, as with all leaders that we've seen so far. Same traits, Underworld and Wookiee. Um, the leader side has an action where you exhaust to play a unit that costs three or less from your hand, paying its cost. It gains Sentinel for the phase. Now, before we move any, any further, I do want to say that playing these demo decks really underscored the importance of sentinel uh, mm -hmm. i think that especially on the hero side because the 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 only sentinel for villain that i that i remember was the cell block guard and the cell block guard feels a little under costed potentially um remains to be seen but you know the uh the the heroism side had a, a lot more in the way of sentinels they even had a sentinel in space uh which was wild which was the system patrol craft um, and those Sentinels did some work on protecting the base and making it hard for um, for people to get at, you know, not only the base, but Leader Luke when it came out. The R2 and 3PO combination when that came and hit the table. You know, the Sentinels were really disruptive of that. So now this Chewbacca uh, giving your smaller unit Sentinel is basically just throwing little guys into the way uh, to defend your base, which is uh, which is an interesting direction for Chewie, but also pretty cool. Yeah, uh, agreed. And and obviously his unit card has Sentinel, so I think it would follow that he's going to give other units Sentinel too and kind of stay with that theme, even though he this this Chewie is in a different color. Um, so yeah, I mean, certainly from the gameplay I watched, Sentinel seemed like it was it was doing some work. 
Um, obviously with you having been there and playing the game in practice, you, you would feel this a lot more than I would. Um, but sort of on a, on a side note too, somewhat related, it, it also felt like restore was doing some pretty decent work too. Um, just, you know, that those, those abilities that are essentially adding a lot more HP to your base feel like they're, they're going to be good mechanics to, to kind of focus on or target. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think that being able to give these, even, even if just for the whole phase, being able to give Sentinel for extra base protection is going to be pretty intriguing. It was very telling to see how the FFG employees that I played seem to value restore uh, a lot mm -hmm. to the point where mm -hmm. they were trying to get out their restore cards and they were trying to get rid of my restore cards. Mm -hmm. um, so that that's very telling to me. Um, so you, mm -hmm. I think you're, I think you're right on track there with restore, but this Chewbacca getting back to it for a second, the Epic action costs as much as the Vader Epic action. So yeah, seven. So what are you getting for seven? Well, you're getting a two nine, which is wild. And that's also a Sentinel, just like the cunning version. But yep. I think this one's even better because it, it is our first instance of the grit ability on a card and grit means that this unit gets plus one, plus zero for each damage on it. So you could potentially be attacking, if you if you get the, the dream scenario of damage here, you could potentially be attacking with a 10-9 at one point in the game, which is absolutely insanity um, for something that is you know on par with the cost of Vader's epic action. Vader, by the way, being a 5-8, or a 7-8 with the extra damage, depending on how you view it. But I think this Chewie might be one of the better leaders we've seen. Yeah, I would agree. Um, and and love to see they kind of carry over some theme from Destiny here with, you know, the Wookiees kind of getting beefier as they get damaged. Chewbacca had a card like that, and yep. then a lot of the Wookiees that came out in the last set there, Tarful comes to mind. Um, I think there was a Wookiee Warrior too in there. Mm -hmm. Uh, that basically got buffs to their dice when once they hit a certain damage threshold, and so this is just kind of what we've seen in the past, and it's carrying over. And I, I, I for one, I'm here for it. I think this Chewbacca is definitely going to do a lot of work. Um, and again, because he has Sentinel, you're forcing that extra ability to trigger with Grit, because uh, you, you know, you're going to have to attack him as long as he's kind of there with a Sentinel ability protecting the base, so he's going to get the benefit of the extra damage on him. And so I just, it seems like a really well-designed card. I agree. I, I, I think that, I think that this will see a significant amount of early play. Um, we don't know, uh, you know, obviously the full card pool to see how Vigilance um, surrounds Chewbacca, but with the amount of Sentinel we've already seen in, in Vigilance heroism, uh, I think that this Chewbacca has a chance to, to, to really make some moves. But let me ask you something, Corwin. When you talk about Chewbacca, you can't really finish a conversation about Chewbacca without talking about. Well, I mean, it's got to be his his pal Han Solo, right? His pal Han Solo. Oh, yeah. This card is wild. My goodness, Han Solo. <laughs> I'm raising my voice because this card is incredible. First of all, it's a rare. This is probably the first uh, unit rare that we've seen, if I if my memory serves. Okay, this was this was uh, spoiled by Games Radar in the middle of Gen Con weekend. Took everybody by surprise. It's unbelievable. And 
blew everybody away. So Han Solo, ground unit, cunning heroism, seven resources for a 6-6 six, six with the underworld trait. Now, only the underworld trait. Um, I, by the way, I like how that is not, you know, scum, villainy. It's just like underworld. That, that encompasses both the good and the bad. I like that trait. Han Solo has ambush because, of course, he does. Of course, he does. So after you play Han Solo, you can ready and attack an enemy unit. Fortunately, it's not a base; it is a unit. But to go along with that ambush, while attacking, this unit deals combat damage before the defender. It is not simultaneous. Han shoots first. Cannon confirmed. <laughs> this Han is invincible. It's crazy. I, I, this Han is incredible. So just for uh, for the benefit of the people, Kevin, can you help us understand this interaction? So this card hits the table. It's got the ambush, so it can ready an attack. That means that it gets to essentially deal its damage to the unit it wants to deal its damage to and, and potentially not take anything in return if it's able to defeat that unit. Is that correct? That is the reading that I uh, am understanding with this card. That is uh, spicy. I guess it makes sense why it's a rare. Um, but I, I have no complaints about this card. Like, this is one of those cards that you look at and it's like, well, maybe I do want to try out Heroism. Because this card is just that good, and it's and the art is great, and the ability is great, and it's super thematic, and it just it just oozes on solo flavor. It really does. Yeah, and he's tanky too. Six HP is uh, nothing to sneeze at. So you want to target him, fine, but then you know it might take you a little bit. Yeah, I could definitely see this card going in in pretty much every deck. That, I mean, honestly, there's a world where which I would pay nine for this card. There really is with the aspect penalty. Like I I. There's a world where I would. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're essentially be able to do six right away as soon as it, as soon as he's played, um, and then, yeah, like I said, I think he's going to stay on the field for a bit, just you know, given his his health pool. So, I, I, yeah, I mean, definitely seems like a very worthwhile use of a of a deck slot and of seven resources. Um, probably one of the best cards we've seen spoiled yet. Yeah. I think that goes without saying. One of the best we've seen. Seven costs is a lot. But you know what's one more than seven? Well, eight. It's eight. Oh, yes. The Emperor. Newly spoiled on Monday. I, I did not think, by the way, that we would get a card so soon after Gen Con. And then they go and they drop Emperor Palpatine on us. Now, we knew Emperor Palpatine was coming because we had seen the Emperor's Royal Guard. Uh, there's a chance there may still be a leader Emperor Palpatine as well. Um, we don't know if that's coming in the first set. We don't know if that's coming at all. Uh, but right now we have the unit version of Emperor Palpatine. Obviously a ground unit, uh, double aspect, uh, aggression, and villainy. Uh, this is a four trait unit. Force, Imperial, Sith, Official. All on the same card. Crazy. Uh, for that eight cost, you are getting a 6-6 six, six body with Overwhelm. Uh, and... Palpatine can be overwhelming, let's be real. And when played, you may deal six damage. It's not a you may. It's deal six damage divided as you choose among enemy units. And this is now the second uh, rare unit that we've seen. I mean, I, I'm I'm swooning over this card. And the fact that it's 6-6, six, six, <laughs> you, you can't beat that. You cannot beat that. Yeah, and and to to deal six extra damage on play too is pretty nuts. 
I mean, did we, did either of us come up with this kind of a potential design when we were talking about or theorizing about Palpatine a couple episodes ago? I, I can't remember if we had discussed potential AOE damage, but this is what we got. And I, I think it's pretty strong. I think the art is tremendous here. Um, I think that, you know, the, the order 66 flavor is just dripping off of this card. Um, that six damage, I think is, it, it's, it's going to do one of two things it, based on the eight cost, you know, because this is coming out late in the game. And for reference, if I wanted to get to eight resources in any of those demo games that I played, I think the only opportunity I didn't have to get to eight resources was when Josh Massey, um, sent me home with my tail between my legs. Um, yeah, it definitely seems like you can get there because the rounds, I mean, you're going to be playing eight, nine, ten rounds a game, it seems, to, to, to get to the finish line in mo way. most cases. It looks yeah. that way. And then you also have the, the added benefit of Super Laser Technician in, on Villainy specifically. Uh, uh, it, yes. it is Command Villainy, but if you're playing Emperor Palpatine, you, may, you might also want to be playing the Emperor's Royal Guard, which is another Command Villainy card. So there you go. You got your synergy right there. Um, so you you theoretically will be able to ramp to this card, but at eight resources, you're either going to want to do one of two things with this AOE damage. One, you're going to want to use that six damage to take out a big unit like the remains of a leader, uh, potentially a Chewy to make sure that they don't continue with the grit, uh, potentially a Luke, um, something that has... Han Solo, even. <laughs> Han Solo, well, Han Solo, yeah, Han Solo, yeah, the unit, potentially. But yeah, I, I mean, anything that's sort of just a big hulking mass on the other side of the... Uh, on the other side of the battlefield. Um, the other the other piece of it that I think is a little more intriguing uh, is spreading out that damage in a way that maximizes the damage you already have on the table. Uh, so if you've been able to, to, for example, use Vader's ability to ping here, ping there, um, if your opponent has a lot of Sentinels on the board and you've had to spread out damage but you haven't quite knocked out the Sentinels, this six damage being able to divide it is a way for you to, to be able to capitalize on damage that you've already done that is persistent uh, and knock out multiple units for less with Palpatine's ability. And I think that's something that's really cool. Yeah, it's definitely cool. And there's, yeah, I mean, the applications are are many um, to be able to use, you know, since you can spread it, you can, you know, use one of those damages to hit somebody with a shield and knock that off for cheap. You, I think it's funny that um, this, you know, Palpatine's ability and, some of the stuff that Vader was doing in the demo game, like it can just go and take out space units. <laughs> so uh, it's kind of interesting to see how the damage can be applied across uh, both arenas. But yeah, so many ways to kind of enter and 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 flex that six damage around. Um, just seems like another really really strong unit card and one that's probably going to be featured heavily. Yeah, I think if there's any takeaway. Um, from the last two cards that we've talked about, the last two rare unit cards, it's that rare units that have a high cost have a high cost for a reason um, because they have some potentially game-altering abilities. Um, and that's uh, it's no wonder that they're double aspect as well uh, because they are allowed to push the envelope a little bit with more aspects uh, attached to the card. And so I think that, that the more of these that we see, the more rare units that we see, uh, the more... Um, the deck building possibilities are going to shape themselves out uh, to figure out like, okay, what do you build around here? Is it just your leader or is your your leader and your ability to get out Han Solo or Emperor Palpatine as quickly as possible? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. goes back to those decision points that are going to become 
sort of the the critical kind of test for you know how you can succeed. Uh, and I think um, the more of these cards we see, and the more of the options we have at our disposal, the the more important those decisions become. So. Uh, really, really stoked to see this card revealed today and to see all the spoilers from the weekend. Uh, just continuing to build the card pool and understanding what's coming is adding more and more to the excitement and, and you know, uh, has the gears turning in the head for sure, Kevin, uh, starting to think about potential decks and stuff. I've thought about literally nothing else for the last 72 hours. But yeah, it, it is really awesome to see. And it really does beg the question, where do we go from here, right? This is... It feels like so much of the hype around this game has been building and building and building until we got to Gen Con. And at Gen Con, it, it, it does feel like it's it's blossomed into this beautiful tree of hype. Um, but what's next? I, I, in speaking with uh, Xander specifically at, at FFG, um, they do have uh, a strategy of when and how they're going to be revealing cards. And we we're already seeing examples of that with the amount of of small nuggets that are sprinkled throughout the in-flight shorts this weekend. And there's another there's another stream coming this week. There's an aspect preview coming this week uh, with Tyler, uh, another one of the designers, and uh, fantastic listen uh, the last time he was on the stream. Um, so they're going to be breaking down an aspect. They're probably going to reveal some cards there too based on the, the description on, the, on the, the schedule on the Fantasy Flight website. So... Well, that's coming. They did last time too. Yeah, when that's... they previewed the first two, they they gave us some new cards. Right. So that's coming uh, in a couple days, and then there'll be a starter deck stream, I believe, uh, in the in the coming weeks after that. So this game, which we still don't have a release date for, is still continuing to feed us these these little bite sized pieces, and you know, <laughs> it remains to be seen how long it's going to be sustained. But I love it. I, I love the fact that I am not having to sit and rest on my on my hype for very long because it just keeps getting built upon by all the new things we're seeing and learning about Star Wars Unlimited. Yeah, I mean, they, they seem to know how to, to, to draw things out and, and space it out in such a way that keeps us all interested. So um, hats off, certainly, to their approach and the way that they're carrying us all as a community through this and getting us ready. Um, I'm sure that you and I, Kevin, are not the only ones that are feeling this way about the game. And, and that's that's really great, too, is to be able to see so many fans of Star Wars, of Star Wars gaming, um, other content creators just really express all of this enthusiasm and joy and anticipation for this game that we all are just itching to, to get our hands on. You've already kind of done that. And uh, and so many others did at Gen Con. I've done it. I know. I have the proof right now. Yeah, and and we'll, we're excited to, of course, share share that same uh, that same proof with with some some lucky winner in the future. But yes, um, but otherwise, yeah, I, I just think it's it's hard not to be kind of on a high after what we saw at Gen Con, and I think we'll be riding that for a while. Yeah, and and, and as I repeated. Uh, many times to the the people I spoke with at Fantasy Flight, if y'all keep making the game, we're going to keep talking about it. If, if we keep learning about it, that's just more for us to talk about. And so uh, really excited to continue to to have these discussions and learn more about this game. And really, really excited to share with you the uh, 
the interviews that we had with the folks at FFG about Star Wars Unlimited. So please uh, stay tuned for that in the coming weeks. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on that when it comes out. Uh, and then again, we're going to be giving away a set of these promos uh, right here. These ones right here. They're beautiful. Uh, so stay tuned for news about that. We'll probably announce that either on YouTube or on Twitter. Uh, but in the meantime, thank you so much for listening as you continue to do. Uh, if you've made it this far, we really appreciate it. Uh, please don't forget to like the video and comment down below which of these spoilers is your favorite. Uh, what would you want to see uh, next as a spoiler potentially uh, as we continue to, to, to go down the road uh, as we prepare for release? Um, how crazy am I for going on this trip? Uh, whatever you guys want to talk about in the comments, feel free to, to join that conversation. And again, we really appreciate uh, not just our listeners, uh, but everybody at Fantasy Flight who made this Gen Con weekend really, really special uh, for someone who was literally there for five hours. So, and, you know, it means a lot um, that I was treated so well and that other content creators were also treated equally well. Um, it goes a long way and it's noticed and it's appreciated. So thank you to FFG. Thanks to all of you. And thank you, Corwin, for jumping on and and uh, and letting me indulge a little bit in my in my travels. No, I, I was so happy to hear the story and the recap. It um, you know, it's one of those situations where I was kind of like trying to to live vicariously through you. So um yeah, so so glad to hear that your experience was this positive and and uh, I'll echo your your sentiments as thank you to to FFG for allowing us to participate in this and and be a part of the the events and the festivities and um, just looking forward to to getting to be more involved as we get closer to launch absolutely agreed well that's going to do it for us here on roll on gaming again thank you all for your time thank you for listening uh and stay tuned for all the great stuff we've got coming up on the channel uh, but for now we're going to be signing off for my brother corwin i'm kevin y'all take care of yourselves have a great day